so fantastic to see you this morning. We welcome you to Edge Church. A few years ago, Gina and I were sitting at uh, Barnes & Noble. We were drinking some cappuccino on a day off and reading the paper and the magazines and just kind of enjoying, um, you know, just doing something different. And Gina said, Ryan, look over there. And I said, what do you mean? She said, no, no, look, look. And she pointed and I looked over and I saw a man that was completely blind. He had the big glasses. He had the service dog, a really beautiful German shepherd. Um, <clears throat> it was very obvious this guy was visually impaired. And, and I said, yeah, what's the big deal? She goes, well, we'll look a little closer. And as I studied what she was telling me, I noticed that the, the blind man was looking at the, the spines of the book. And he was, he was going row by row. It was like he was searching for one particular title. And he was looking and looking and looking. All the while, the seeing eye dog was just sitting there. And I thought, you know, that's, that's kind of backwards, isn't it? And then it got even better because they, they, they got up to leave um, Barnes & Noble. And the man was leading the dog, you know. The seeing eye dog was being dragged along. And the visually impaired man was the one that was leading. So I told Gina, I'm going to run to the parking lot because I want to study and see who drove to the mall that day. There was something kind of messed up about that. I, I was thinking about that this week because I thought, you know, how many times are our spiritual lives kind of like that situation with the blind man and with the dog? God is the great seer. God sees everything but a lot of times, instead of allowing him to lead us, we are trying to lead him. We're trying to drag God along. I want us to open our Bibles today to the 23rd Psalm, Psalm 23, as we talk about the Good Shepherd. Uh, and I've titled the message today, God's Got You, because the theme of Psalm 23 is that God is a shepherd and he takes care of the needs of the sheep. And so I've got some really, really good news for you guys today. God wants to take care of every need that you have. That, that's the theme for this morning. God knows your needs. God wants to meet your needs. God is the shepherd and we are the sheep. And we're going to look particularly at one verse of scripture from Psalm 23, but I'd like to just read the whole thing. But before I read that, I believe that, that the, uh, the ability to worry less and to live by greater faith is to understand that God is the good shepherd taking care of the needs of the sheep. And last week we talked about how the shepherd is the one who provides provision, protection, direction, and correction. And he's all of that. And so let's study today what we can do to know this good, good shepherd. Now, Psalm 23 is a passage of scripture. A lot of people that have not read the Bible much even know Psalm 23 because it's so famous. But it's really a beautiful passage. It was penned by King David in his latter years. King David was the guy that fought Goliath on the battlefield. He was the guy that committed adultery with Bathsheba. He was the guy that was um, chased around and, and ran for his life because his mentor, King Saul, saw David as a threat to the throne. Um, David was the guy that 
his, one of his sons tried to steal the throne from him and he had to flee the city of Jerusalem until he could get control of the country. David had been through some things. David was a man who, who didn't just have this charmed life with a silver spoon in his mouth. He was a guy that had endured a lot of oppression, a lot of difficulties, a lot of hardships. And at the end of his life, he came to the conclusion that God was a shepherd. Um, in David's early life, he was, he was a shepherd. And, and so he's comparing the Lord to his experience as a young man out on the plains there of the ancient world taking care of the sheep. And that's why he wrote these words, the Lord is my shepherd, I have what I need. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He renews my life. He leads me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even when I go through the darkest valley, I fear no danger, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Only goodness and faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord as long as I live. Today, let's look at four parts today of the God who has got us. God meets our needs. And I want to zero in really on verse 1. And number one is simply this, the Lord is my God. See, God meets my needs when the Lord is my God. And it says, the Lord is my shepherd in verse 1. Now, you ought to underline the word Lord, because the word Lord um, is the word in the Hebrew language that is, is uh, known as the word Yahweh. And God has a lot of names in the Bible. A lot of names describe God. But whenever Yahweh is used, it is the power name of God. It's the name that was used when Moses uh, uh, split the Red Sea open. That was Yahweh that parted the waters in the book of Exodus. It was Yahweh that spoke to Moses in the burning bush. Uh, it, it was Yahweh that sent the ten plagues on Pharaoh there in Egypt. And so when we see the word Yahweh, that's always like the power name of God. Now, it is also a name that is greatly revered. In fact, when the Hebrew people would read the scripture publicly um, in the synagogue, they would not say the, 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 the name Yahweh because it was too sacred. It, it was too spiritual. And, and they would skip over that. The only time that the Hebrew people were allowed to say Yahweh out loud was when the priest on the Day of Atonement was in the Holy of Holies making the sacrifice for the sins of the people. So only one guy, one time a year, could say the name. It was so revered. It was, it was so specific. It was so dynamic. It was so powerful. It was so respected. And, and, and notice he says here, the Lord is my shepherd. Um, this is also the formal name of God. And if God is the God who was powerful enough to create the heavens and the earth, and if he was uh, powerful enough to set the planets into motion, and if he could meet the needs of billions and billions of people all at one time, can he not be the leader of our life? It's the Lord who is to be our shepherd. In other words, God is to be our muscle. God is to be our muscle. You know, one of my favorite verses is over in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. 
And, and it's, it's, it's a story with King Jehoshaphat. And the people say, well, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Isn't that beautiful? Uh, when the Lord is our shepherd, we may not know what to do, but our eyes are on him. God, our eyes are on Yahweh. Our eyes are on the God who is our shepherd. We're not sure what to do. We're not sure what to say. We're not sure what decisions to make. But we're trusting that the shepherd is the one who is going to lead us. And we start with God and we turn to everybody else later. So the God who meets my needs, first of all, is um, it starts with understanding that the Lord is my God. Secondly, um, I trust that he is even when I'm not. Okay, so this is how God meets my needs. I trust that he is even when I'm not. Now, I've got some good days and bad days. I can be really on. Sometimes I can be a little bit off. Maybe you too. God is always consistent. And notice it says here in, in Psalm 23, 1, the Lord said with me. What's the next word? Come on. The Lord is. There you go. You got it. The Lord is my shepherd. Now notice he doesn't say the Lord was my shepherd. Or, or, or he didn't say that the Lord might be sometime in the future my shepherd. The Lord the Lord is, the Lord is my shepherd. So here's what's so great. Sometimes we read Bible stories and we're like, man, God was so awesome when Elisha was alive. And God was amazing when Moses was leading the Israelites. And, and, and God was even amazing when Simon Peter was walking on the water. Well, what does that mean today? <laughs> what does that have to do with my life? What does that, what does that mean today in the 21st century? Hey, the same God, the same God that was is the same God who is and is also the same God that will be. The Lord is my shepherd. Not was, but, but is. In other words, he's a right now God. God cares about you today. God cares about you in the present he is still parting waters. He is still making the sun stand still. He is still raising dead things back to life. He is the Lord, and the Lord is. And over in Malachi chapter 3, verse 6, um, God says, I, Yahweh, have not changed. In other words, the same stuff I was doing when I created the heavens and the earth is the same stuff that I'm doing today, and the same thing I will be doing in future generations. Um, people change their minds. God is remarkably consistent. Think about this today. Everything in your life is changing. Some of you got some news today. Things are changing. Your job is changing. Your body is changing. Your finances are changing. Your relationships are changing. Your, 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 uh, your marriage, your family is changing. Everything is changing. How, how can we stay faithful? How can we be encouraged? How can we be full of faith when everything is moving all at the same time? The answer is God. God is. God is remarkably consistent. God is always the same. And if we will learn to build our lives around the one who never changes, we will have a sense of stability and faithfulness that exceeds all of the changes that are constantly going on around us. Um, let me give a few examples. Over in Romans chapter 8, verses 1 and 2, the Bible says this, I'm fully forgiven and free, 
and free from all shame and condemnation. The Lord is. Um, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 describes this. I have no fear or anxiety because I trust that the Lord is always with me. Um, Colossians 1, 24 to 29. I am able to fulfill the calling that God has placed on my life because God is. Um, over in Philippians 4.13, I am fully resourced to do everything that God has called me to do. And in James chapter 1, verse 5, I have the wisdom of the Lord concerning every decision. Now see, here's where Christian people get into a problem. Sometimes you can be a Christian, but you can live and look at your circumstances like an atheist. Let me ask you, is there a difference... In the way that you deal with your problems than your next door neighbor who doesn't know the Lord. I hope that there is. But, but, but sometimes we can say that we believe in Jesus and we can say we love the Bible and we love the Lord and all that. But then sometimes when it comes to our own, our own experiences and, and the way that we live and the way that we panic and the way that we worry... And the way that we handle things, we can, we can act almost like a practical atheist, even though that we say that we have faith. And, and worry is simply practical atheism. It says, I don't believe that the Lord is my shepherd. I believe that maybe God is other people's shepherd. I believe that maybe God helps some, some of those old guys in the Bible like a long time ago. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that. But listen... Do you believe that God can work in your life? Do you believe that the Lord is? Or do you just believe that the Lord was? The Lord is my shepherd. And I'm so thankful that God is when I'm not. Amen? I mean, God is when I'm not. God meets my needs. Now, here's the third thing. Okay? Write this down on your notes. I'm personally connected. God meets my needs when I'm personally connected to him. And let's look back at our verse, Psalm 23, 1. The Lord is set with me, my shepherd. Yeah, the Lord is my. Now, it doesn't say that he's a shepherd. It doesn't even say he's the shepherd. It says that he's what? He's my shepherd. Yeah, like God wants to personally be connected to you. The Lord is my shepherd. And 17 times in the 23rd Psalm, personal pronouns are used. I, my, me. It's an intensely personal psalm. Uh, In other words, God is not just a generic deity, but he is one that wants to be known and he is one that knows. And uh, shepherds were notorious for naming their sheep in the flock. You know, they weren't like, that's old 99 over there. That's 31 over here. No, they, they, they named the sheep. They named the sheep Tinkerbell, Fluffy, <laughs> Spotty, Old Wanderer. That's a great name for a sheep, isn't it? It's always wandering off. Old Wanderer. Um, Spot. Limpy, you know, whatever it may be. These are names for sheep. The shepherd would name the sheep because he was with the sheep all the time. And so David is playing on that that theme and that that connection as he says, the Lord is my 
shepherd. He, he, he knows us. In other words, check it out. You have a unique relationship with God. Here's why your relationship with God is different from everybody else's. It's because nobody has been through the things that you've been through. God has met your needs in different ways than the people that are sitting next to you. God has intervened in your life in different circumstances in different ways. You have a different story. That's your testimony. And so we all have different experiences with God. We all know God in different ways because uh, we've been through different things. Now, he's the same God. God is the same. But God is so big that he can encourage you when you're going through this situation, but he can also encourage somebody else over here that's going through something totally different. That's who God is. The Lord is my shepherd. And God is big enough to be your shepherd and your shepherd and your shepherd and everybody else's shepherd that will turn and look to him. So we have this custom relationship with God. It's unique. It's not just like a one-size-fits-all. God wants to meet your needs. God knows your hurts. God knows your struggles today. God knows the things that are stressing you out. God knows the things that concern you. He's intimately acquainted with the sheep because the Lord is my shepherd. He's my shepherd. Now, we live in a time where we love customized things. Things are more customized today than maybe any other time in the history of our nation. We have custom golf clubs. We have custom clothes. We have custom, I mean, everything you have can be set up your own way. We bought a car not too long ago, and the dealership had a guy that his full-time job was just to set your car up with your preferences. You know, he would help you connect your phone, and he would help you get the seats set right, and you know, if you want the bun warmers on or not, or whatever you, whatever you want. Preferences. We love preferences. And preferences are awesome. And, and things are unique, and, and things are specific. Um, some of you have some apps on your phone that... Um, that you think are wonderful and somebody else would think that's the biggest waste of time that they've ever heard. My, my daughter actually has an app on her phone that arranges her apps in an aesthetically pleasing manner. It like looks awesome. My wife has everything in file folders by categories. My apps are all over the place. In fact, Gina looked at my phone not too long ago and she said, Ryan, this is a total mess. And I was like, you think it's a mess, but I know where every single app is. I'm good. It's customized. I was looking for a new app the other day. I found an app. Sometimes I go to the movies and, you know, I get one of those big, big drinks. And they, they, they kind of trick you at the movies. You know, they're like, you know, for $5, you can have a 30-ounce. Or for $5.99, you can have 75 ounces, you know. And then you're like, well, I might as well take 75 ounces. And then you drink like half of it before the movie starts, and then you got to go to the bathroom, right? And then you're like, oh, man, I can't leave. Well, let me give you some counsel today as your pastor. You need a new app on your phone. It's called the Run P app, okay? The Run P app will tell you when in the movie it's okay to run to the bathroom, okay? And you won't miss any major any major uh, plot development in the movie. Then when you get back to your seat, it will summarize what you missed. Is that awesome or what? Because I'm always like, Gina, what did I miss? She's like, I can't tell you because then I can't see what's going on. Now, some of you are like, I'm totally downloading that today. Some of you are like, that's the silliest thing I've ever heard of today. 
That's silly. God is the one who knows exactly what you need. God knows your preferences. God knows, God knows your needs. God knows your hurts, your wounds. And, and God wants to have a specific relationship with you. Isn't that beautiful? And so the result is that we can be comfortable talking to God in prayer. That God wants to be known and he wants to know us and he wants to be intimately acquainted with us. The specific things about us. God loves all of that and God cares for you. Let's look again at our verse because there's the fourth thing I want us to see. We have to also accept his care. The Lord is my, say it with me, shepherd. Yeah, I have what I need. The Lord is my shepherd. Now, notice it doesn't say, the Lord is my sugar daddy. Amen? Some of you are like, I, I, you know, I, I would like to rewrite that, <laughs> that psalm, you know? Let me mark that out. Lord, the Lord is my shepherd, not my sugar daddy. And the word Lord we talked about earlier is the power name of God. But the, but the, the title shepherd reveals the tenderness of God. And, and so check it out. If you just believe that God is powerful but he is not compassionate, then you'll always have a wonky view of God. If you just believe that God is a shepherd but he's not Yahweh, you, you'll take God for granted. God is both. He is mighty and powerful and he is tender and compassionate. The Lord is my shepherd. Do you see it? He's both. And we accept his care. Now what do shepherds do? They care for the needs of the sheep. They take care of the needs of the sheep. In fact, Jesus spoke about this in John chapter 10. He said, I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. A hired hand will run when he sees the wolf coming. He will leave the sheep because they aren't his and he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock and the hired hand runs away because he's merely hired and has no real concern for the sheep. So he, he, he draws contrast here between the hired hand and the shepherd. If somebody's the intern, they're like, I don't have any skin in the game. I'm getting nine bucks an hour. Why am I going to put my neck on the line? Here you go, wolves. Eat the sheep. But if the owner is there, if the shepherd is there, he's going to fight to the end because that's his investment. And those sheep belong to him. And Jesus is saying, listen, I'm not a hireling. I'm the good shepherd. I will fight for you. I will defend you. I am the shepherd. I love you. Jesus in the New Testament is referred to as the good shepherd. Uh, he's called the chief shepherd. He, he's called the great shepherd uh, over in Hebrews chapter 13. He is the good shepherd. And he says here in John chapter 10 that how do you know that the sheep belong to the shepherd? Well, he gives us two specific things. He says here in verse 27 of John 10, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they will follow me. So how do we know if we're really a part of the fold of God? Number one, he says, you hear his voice. And uh, sheep would often sleep together. They, they would, multiple shepherds would go in and make a little sheep pen and they would put the sheep together. But in the follow, following morning, when, the, when, when shepherd A would call his sheep, those sheep knew the voice of the shepherd. And they didn't have to go and divide the sheep up. The sheep knew the voice. And then the second shepherd would call his sheep. And then those sheep would follow him. And so forth and so on. They knew the voice of the shepherd. It's the intuition of the sheep. 
And Jesus is using that, that comparison to describe the relationship that we as sheep have with God the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. We know his voice. Listen, when the Holy Spirit is stirring your heart and leading you and you're trying to make those choices and decisions, if you're listening to the voice of the shepherd, that's one of the indicators that you are truly a part of God's flock. And then he says, secondly, do you follow his leadership? Do you follow his leadership? Do you you look to, to make decisions that are that are in alignment with what the good shepherd is saying. Um, shepherd, sh- uh, sheep need a lot of help. They need, shep- they need uh, a shepherd. A shepherd is the only p- a profession that I can think of that has a full-time job just taking care of one animal. Amen? Now, some of you have some dogs that need some, some TLC. Okay, that's true. But, but the shepherd, all he does is take care of the sheep. And think about it. The sheep don't have much going for them. They're not fast. They're not smart, uh, they're not strong, they don't have claws, they don't have sharp teeth, and they make that annoying noise, <laughs> I mean, when I hear that noise, what I hear is eat me, you know, I mean, like, that's like lamb chop time. I'm like, you know, why would this, it would be better for the sheep to just not say anything and to not alert the predators that the sheep is around because it's just the, the, if the shepherd is standing next to the sheep, it's bad. It's bad. But they need to be cleaned. They need to be nurtured. They need to be taken care of. Maybe you heard about this New Zealand sheep. His name was Shrek. He was found. He was found after having avoided his shepherd for six years. For six years, Shrek was hiding. He was hiding out in the caves. He was hiding out in the New Zealand highlands, and one day they found him, and they discovered him. Poor little Shrek. Can you believe that? Shrek can't even see, man. I thought Lenny Kravitz had an afro. I mean, come on, man. Look at Shrek. And, and they, they captured him, and they sheared him, and the wool from Shrek uh, was over 60 pounds. In fact, they said that that there was so much wool from Shrek that they could make uh, 20 men's suits that were the plus size, like from the big and tall man shop, you know, 20 of those just from the wool of this sheep, Shrek. Now, Shrek became a celebrity, an international phenomenon. When they sheared him, there was an international TV audience that watched this. And later, Shrek had the distinct opportunity to meet the Prime Minister of New Zealand. It's amazing. He was like a pop icon, you know. But he avoided his his shepherd for six years, and guess what? That's what you get. When we don't have the, the good shepherd taking care of the needs of the sheep, you get this. You get You get Shrek all over again. Boy, we need the shepherd. We need the good shepherd to protect us, to provide for us, to guide us, to lead us, and to help us. By the way, there's a reason why there are no professional sports teams that are called the sheep. Have you ever heard of the St. Louis sheep before? Not even in arena football, okay? The Los Angeles Lambs. How does that sound? Is that dynamic? You know? The Fort Worth Flock. You know? No, 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 no. 
People aren't doing it. Sheep, they're pathetic, man. They need help. They need help. Sometimes we have the Shrek syndrome. We're running off from the shepherd, and we think that we've got it all under control, but boy, we need help. They say that if a sheep, like Shrek, goes without getting sheared, at a certain point, he'll get so big he can't even move. In fact, they've found sheep similar to Shrek that have just fallen over, and they couldn't get up because they didn't have the care of the good shepherd. Wow. Most people don't see themselves as a sheep. A lot of times we like to think of ourselves as lions and tigers and bears and other things like that. But, but if we would get honest with ourselves, we would admit that we're dirty, defenseless, lost, and needy, and that we need a savior. We need the good, sa- we need the good shepherd, Jesus. And Jesus is the good shepherd, but a lot of people go through life trying to shepherd themselves. And when the wolves come out, they don't know what to do. We're kind of like that guy, the blind man at Barnes & Noble, that was trying to lead his service animal, was doing all of the seeing. We need God. Here's the bottom line. If the Lord is your shepherd, you're his sheep, he'll take care of everything that you need. Your directional needs, your emotional needs, your spiritual needs, your physical needs. God has got you. God's going to take care of everything that you need. Would you pray with me for a minute?